When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Pit fans? Welcome back to another Pit Mailbag here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. He is Chris Carter. I am Noah Hiles. We both are wishing you uh, happy holidays. We hope uh, everything went well, whether if it be Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. We hope you had a great time. Chris, uh, I'll ask you, how, how were your holidays? How was your Christmas, man? Oh, Christmas was great, and I'm celebrating a happy Kwanzaa right now. Yeah. Uh, so we, it's a great holiday season, uh, and it's uh, it should be really interesting after this week uh, once things start to pick back up for pit basketball here. Yeah, absolutely. We got a lot to talk about as far as the current state of athletics, but we're going to table that just because – you know, it's the end of the year, so to, to mix it up, rather than answering some questions, we're just going to do a year in review. I think we've done this before. Uh, we tend to do this, you know, in the regular seasons for football or basketball when we're at the midpoint or at the end of the regular season, uh, but we're just going to do it for all of 20, 2023. So that's the show. It's our 2023 awards brought to you by uh, Mike's Beer Bar here as, as it is always the show sponsor. Mike's Beer Bar here. Let me pull up the ad. I had it pulled up. That's a tough look on my end. My apologize. Chris Kilton. Uh, Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh, where oh, you, you can got... find one of 500 different available beers, 300 <laughs> of those beers being local, 80 of those beers being available on tap at any point in time. And trust me, you'll never run our options because neither of us ever do, and we're always there. There's also over 20 televisions you could book. Whatever You can even reserve a television and a table for you and your friends to watch. Maybe you want to watch a great bowl game coming up. Maybe you want to watch an away Steelers game. The Penguins, Premier League action. Whatever it is, Mike's will find it at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in the Pittsburgh when you get there. Tell them Chris and Noah sent you. Also, Noah, we're going to be there this week for a special pit meetup, aren't we? We are. And first off, I got to say, I think I accidentally deleted it in my notes because I can't find it, but you just nailed that ad read verbatim. So it just goes to show how often we talk about Mike's Beer Bar and we talk about it because it's a great sponsor. And yes, we will be there Thursday. Just a, just a meet up with Pitt fans. If you want to come talk ball with us, want to watch some Thursday night football, really good game this Thursday. Jets Browns. Uh, I think the Browns could clinch a playoff spot. Have they not clinched already? With the win, I don't really care either way. We're talking about Pitt, not the NFL on this show. But, uh, yeah, we'll be there Thursday at 7 p.m. If you guys want to swing by and say hello, talk some Pitt athletics with uh, Carter and myself. Should be a good time. Uh, it will be yet another trip down to the North Shore uh, to Mike's this this December. We've both been there quite frequently, and uh, that's not us complaining because we love going there. So, Carter. Looking at 2023, we have, let me count here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different categories that we're going to talk about uh, reflecting in the year, the previous year of Pitt Athletics. 
And we'll just start off with an easy one. I don't know if it's an easy one, but it's an easy category to start with, I would say. Biggest win. So in 2023, there were a lot of wins. You could point to regular season success. You could point toward postseason success, individuals, team-wise. I'll let you pick. What was your biggest win for Pitt Athletics in 2023? Oh, I'm so torn with this, though, because I have two really good ones, and the other one could be really picked here. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with pit volleyball with the reverse sweep against Louisville in, yeah. the, in the elite eight, just too good of a moment. And, and listen, I know it's not football or basketball, but that was truly special. Abby Schnabel did a great job covering that for us here at the post Gazette. And uh, that was a team that you looked at it. They had pulled off a, res- of a reverse sweep against the Cardinals just a few weeks earlier. And, you know, it was looking like there's no way they could do it again. Right. But then they did it again, and they got back to the Final Four. A huge win for them. And against an ultimate rival in Louisville, who knocked them out of the tournament the year before in the Final Four, uh, you know, getting back to a third straight Final Four, I'll give that as the biggest win of 2023 for the University of Pittsburgh. What say you? I'm going to go a little bit of a different route. I think a lot of people are expecting me to mention uh, an NCAA tournament win for the Mm. basketball team. I'm going to go with another victory that took place in March, and it was Nino Bonacorsi winning oh, the school's national championship, becoming yeah. the 17th national champion in pit wrestling program history, only the sixth person to do it with a perfect record. Nino, uh, it was his fourth appearance in the NCAA tournament. He went undefeated 21-0, and winning the, uh, the national championship at 197 pounds. He was down 3 nothing in this match against South Dakota State's Tanner Sloan. Uh, and then he had a pair of single leg takedowns to take the lead four to three. And he got an extra point in riding time one, four to three. I know other people, uh, and trust me, we're going to be talking plenty about pit basketball's March madness run in this throughout the whole re- year reflection mm-hmm. uh, and volleyball. And there were other wins as well. You could point to soccer, um, other sports, but uh, I think the biggest win, if you're talking about it, it's the guy who won the national championship. So I'm going with Nino Bonacorsi uh, winning the national title for Pitt in March of 2023. We'll move on now to worst loss. Oof. Carter, like wins, there's some good ones to pick from here. Oh, uh, man. We could really focus on one team specifically. Um, do you want me to start here or do you, would you like to go first? No, you, you start ahead with this one because whichever one you pick, I got like three or four others that I can pick. I, I just, there were more, I don't know. I, like you go by right. what defines the worst loss, right? Is it how you lost? Is it the, the margin of defeat? Is it the opponent? Is it the location? Is it what happened after the game? I don't know. Uh, but when you take into all of those factors, I think it's the Notre Dame loss for football. Uh, mm. 58 to seven, you go into South Bend. Your defense played a heck of a first half, forcing turnovers, turnovers on down, but the offense couldn't do anything. And then in the third quarter, it just all falls apart. Uh, The biggest loss in the Narduzzi era, 51 points. And um, and then, of course, there was the chaos that took place after the game as well. So I just think that 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 one was – that I mean, there – again, I'm sure you have at least – two to three others to pick from, from the football season this year. Uh, but that one just seemed like, man, this is bad. So look, that, that's, that's the worst beat down. Pit yes. Seat. 
Like, like that, that's absolutely I, I contend this. I think a worse loss could be said to be the backyard brawl. Yeah. Because you mm-hmm. went into West Virginia and a 21-27 loss against Cincinnati would have been forgivable if you had won that game and then won your other winnable games on the schedule that year. If they had beaten, like if they win, if they beat West Virginia, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, um, Syracuse, and Duke. You feel much better about the season, yeah. but that West Virginia loss, right? That's a lot of games to say, but that yeah. West Virginia loss, I think, started a pitfall for Pitt that just they never recovered from. That was the worst Phil Dracovic looked, uh, I think, during that stretch. Only six points for the offense; they looked completely inept, and against the West Virginia team that they really should have beaten. And that that that's where I think that it was the embarrassment of the loss of to your to your rival and. The, I think that was the first sign that everyone was like, oh, wait, this might actually not be a good team this year. That's what I have two thoughts on the WVU thing. Um, one, I think that loss doesn't look as bad now because you look, I mean, West Virginia ended up winning eight games. They did. They're playing in a decent bowl game. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, one of their better losses, actually, when you consider it was a rival on the road. And you compare it, them it, to Wake Forest, but also I, on paper, yes, they lost to a backup and, quarterback, and they had no business losing that game. The defense was lights yes. out. I don't think they allowed over 250 yards of total offense. Um, and you just remember the first drive of that game; it looked like Pitt was going to blow this team out of the water. They ran yep. the ball right down their throat, uh, but it didn't plan out that way. I put those two as my two worst losses, though, just because another factor that I didn't bring up about, about Notre Dame. And the same could be said for West Virginia. You had a lot of Pitt fans that paid money to, to make the trip out there, to tailgate, to get hotels, to buy tickets. And it was a tough ride home for Panther Nation on both of those occasions. Honorable mention loss as well. I'll throw in Syracuse. I think that's probably oh, the third loss. Just, uh, you know, another destination trip for Pitt fans. Another team, another rival. I would say the three biggest rivalry games on the schedule well, actually, four if you throw Cincinnati in there. Pitt lost all of them in tough fashion, and the tight end running for two or a hundred something yards and throwing. Yikes! Anyway, so those were the worst losses, and that will probably be the conclusion of talking about Pitt football in this year interview. Uh, we'll move on now to the best game, Carter. I'll let you start off. Best game. Best game as far as I've covered, as far as excitement, down to the wire, craziness. I think you got to go with Pitt, Mississippi State mm-hmm. in the in the Dayton. And again, best win is still, in my opinion, the Louisville game for volleyball and what they did. But I mean, that game was back and forth. It was physical. It was a and it was a prove it moment for this program to say you're not just squeaking into a playing game. You're proving you're a, you're a, an NCAA tournament team. And you win that game, and you beat you beat Iowa State, and you prove that you're that you belong in the tournament. I think that game was a statement win for this program that could be, you know, you, you think back to Guillermo Diaz Grant blocking that shot and just the, 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 the fire they had Jamarius Burton hitting that, that, that late shot, everything that went into that game. And also we were there, the environment that Pittsburgh brought to Dayton on that night was fantastic. Heck the Dayton fans that were just the Dayton basketball fans that are just there because they love that environment themselves. It was remarkable. And so I, if I'm picking a best game as far as things that I have enjoyed personally is just, just being part of a, a crazy environment. I'm, and, and this year, I'm picking that one uh, with that with that crazy last-minute tournament win for the Panthers. Yeah, uh, just to add to yours, um, I, I always think of like the best games have more than one defining moment. And there were so many 
moments that I'll remember from covering that game. The Blake Henson logo three oh. to kind of give Pitt a little bit of a cushion. And I don't think they lost the lead after that three-pointer. Um, JB's bucket, obviously, at the end. Uh, that was that was the game, right? That was yeah. the game-winning shot. Yeah. Guillermo Diaz-Graham, a guy who wasn't supposed to start that game, mm-hmm. going up against Tulo Smith, one of the best yeah. big men in the SEC. How in the world is he going to compete against him? Getting that block shot down low and yep. just seeing him scream. The missed shot, wide open. How did he miss it, right? And it clinks off the back iron, doesn't go in. And then, I, to me, I think, and maybe this didn't get seen on camera, like, as it was happening, but with our point of view, Chris, the hugs. There was oh, the yeah. Diaz-Graham brothers hug at half court, and mm-hmm. then Heather Like hugging Greg Elliott in the tunnel, just kind of symbolizing, you know, how much that meant, not to just the, the players on the floor, but to everyone Absolutely. involved with Pitt Athletics. That was a huge win. Um, g- gives me chills talking about it now. Uh, but I'll, I'll go something different just because I don't want to steal your pick. I'll go with the regular season win over Louisville for volleyball, where they played mm. at the Peterson Event Center, set the yeah. attendance record, and that was also a reverse sweep. Uh, and that, that uh, put them in good position. I don't think it clinched the ACC, but it put them in good position to clinch the ACC. I also think that that win at the end of the day, that's what got them the one seed and gave them a home court all the way until the final four, where they were able to play Louisville at home, of course, in the Elite Eight to get back to the Final Four and have another reverse sweep. So I'll say that one just because, you know, the second reverse sweep was probably more meaningful because it got him to the Final Four. But the first one, being at the peak, being in front of a big crowd and setting them up for another deep tournament run, I'll go with that as the best game. So we'll move on now to the best team. I think this is an easy one. Uh, Carter, do you want to take it or shall I to start? I mean, I mean, we're both going to say the same thing. It's got to be yeah. good volleyball. There's, there's, yeah, there's no, there's no other team. It can be a third straight final four. Also the emergence, like, you know, you, you look at how pit volleyball played in recent years. Um, and you know, it was, it was remarkable what, the, what, what they had been doing, um, you know, how they were able to, to, to win, um, and you know, all, all the things that came in, but they were legit questions because they had to ha- have freshmen coming up. Um, they had to have new people and, and last year's team, you know, leading up to this, this past season, um, uh, Courtney Bozzaria was a transfer who came in and was the superstar of the team right. and they needed someone to replace that. And then you get Olivia Babcock just coming in and as a true freshman dominating this season and kind of setting a tone that with her and with, uh, with Tori Stafford, that this program is going to be a really good one for the long term. It's not just a, I don't think this is just a two or three year run. I think Dan Fisher is in the midst of maybe building a dynasty. If pit, if pit volleyball can continue on this trajectory, I think, I think you'd agree here. Yeah. And, and to just go along with it. You talk about the expectations coming in. I don't care who you are. I don't care what sport you're playing. I don't care what program you're at. It is incredibly difficult to make back-to-back Final Fours. And that's what this team was coming off of doing, right? And it had to fight tooth and nail to get to the Final Four in 2022. It had to go into Wisconsin and beat the Badgers, who were, I believe, the defending national champions, uh, and beat them on their home floor. Then they go, and they were set away from going to the national title in 2022. And like you said, Carter, 
they lost some big time players from that roster and they had to have some players who could have left, but they decided to stick around and, and use their final year of eligibility. They moved some freshmen into the rotation when, you know, that's a tough decision to make when you had a lot of returning talent or people coming in through the transfer portal. And they had some early regular season losses as well, uh, but they played a tough non-conference schedule. Of course, they beat Louisville at the Pete and they went on that tournament run and it is just very impressive. That's it is. They're the best team in the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Bar none. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, you can maybe make an argument for some high school programs, Aliquippa football being as dominant or Val Vernon or something like that. But in reality, they are the most consistent program that performs at the highest level possible in their respective sport. So hats off to them. And I agree with what you said, Carter. I don't think they're done yet. I don't know if next year's a final four team, just because it's really hard to go to four straight final fours. But I think that this core that they have, especially with the younger players, they're going to get back there in the next two, three seasons. I think that's a safe bet to make. Yeah. And we'll just keep it rolling here. As far as best, best athlete goes, I'll start with this one. There, I know I just talked about a national champion. It's hard mm -hmm. not to pick him. But I'm giving my best athlete to Olivia Babcock because Ooh. I think that right now we're looking at someone who might be – one year into what could end as the best female athletic career in the history of the university of Pittsburgh athletics. Maybe uh, you just look at what she did her freshman year. She was the national freshman of the year. She was a first team all American. She was the ACC freshman of the year. And she was the regional MVP in the NCAA tournament for the Pitts region. Um, and she's, she's got three more years, dude. So in, in it's, on a team like Pitt, where there are so many stars, you talk about Vasquez Gomez, you talk about Rachel Fairbanks and, and, and uh, Cat Flood and all, all the others. There's there's a million of them. It's really hard to stand out. But this girl asserted herself as the best freshman in the country and one of the best players in the country. And with three years remaining, it's hard not to imagine her ending up as an all-time great uh at Pitt and maybe an all-time great as far as college volleyball. And I know these are high expectations, but you just look at the start she's off to. This might be a, a, an athlete that, you know, my dad who grew up in the eighties, they talk about the greatest pit athletes of his generation. He points to like a Roger kingdom. This might be a pit athlete that we're watching in the Olympics in a couple of years. That's how good she is. So that's who I'm going to go with for athlete of the year. Olivia Babcock. Carter, you got I think it's a good choice here. My only pushback about Babcock is that she was fantastic as a freshman. But if I was to pick a player right now in their sport to lead a team to win right now by themselves, I think I would take Blake Henson. And here's why. Olivia Babcock is fantastic. And you're absolutely right. She could go on to be the best pit volleyball player ever, best women's player in pit history. But I'm talking, if we're talking about this year specifically, you know, her, 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 her errors, her mistakes, things that are natural for a freshman you know, we're, we're, we're problems for, for pit volleyball at time. Whereas her asset is much better than that. Yeah. And I think that she will grow to be a fantastic player and maybe even all the things that we're talking about on the show. But as far as right now, I would take Blake Henson simply because that dude was a big reason why that team was able to win tournament games last year. He, you know, and he was, he was part of the team last year. He, he was, a, he was maybe their best weapon of the team last year that had a lot of veterans on it. 
But this year, he's now also the leader of pit basketball. And I think with the way that he's making three-pointers and the way that he's leading pit basketball right now, and pit basketball right now, they're not as good as a program as pit volleyball. They're not as good as a team as pit volleyball. They've got a lot of growing themselves to do in a lot of ways. Jeff Capel's trying to bring them out of the situation that they've been in, and I think they're on a good trajectory for where they're at. But Blake Henson, I think, is maybe a more valuable player to pit basketball than live Bab- Babcock is to pit volleyball because, because pit volleyball also has so many other great talents on it. Valeria Vasquez Gomez is fantastic. I mean, you, you hope to see her maybe for one more year. Uh, you've got leaders across the board and young players about Tori Stafford. Again, another key player for Pitt who was a key freshman this year that, that helped them. Uh, and that's not to say pit basketball doesn't also have talents like Bob Carrington, but I think you can see when Blake Henson's on the court, his ability to hit a shot from literally anywhere, how his adapted game that now he can drive from literally anywhere. And uh, I think his, his improved athleticism that make, that makes him maybe if he keeps this up an NBA draft pick and uh, maybe the, the second, or excuse me, no, yeah, the second year in a row that Pitt might have a first-team All-ACC player, and that would be also the third time in four years that Pitt has had a first-team All-ACC player on its roster. So I'm a, I'll go with Blake Hinson, uh, but I totally understand and respect Olivia Babcock. Um, my pushback on Hinson will be this. I think Hinson is going to be the 2024 pick here because uh, mm. I think his his best moments have yet to come. He's had great ones. But if Pitt gets to the tournament, it's going to be because of Henson. And I think Henson is in the midst of putting himself in the same conversation as a Dewan Blair, as a Sam Young, as a Carl Krauser, as mm-hmm. a Brandon Knight. You know, those guys where last year's team, it was so special and it was so unique in the same way where a lot of those guys, the Nellie Cummings, the Greg Elliott's, they were just here for a year and they were gone. You didn't, and, and even the guys right. who were here a little longer, the Jamarius Burtons and the Nike Savandes people weren't watching them a lot or nearly as much right. as they were in 2023. And I would argue that JB was probably more important to last year's team. And if we're going by 2023, that's where I, I hear what you're saying. And it's not a horrible pick by any means. I just think that Blake Blake's best moments are yet to come. And that's why I would kind of air toward maybe making him 2024. But then again, Olivia Bobcock could be 2024 as well because she's going to be back. But still, yep. nonetheless, two very deserving uh, recipients of our of our praise, I guess. Best coach. Carter, you want to start off here? I mean, we were just saying it, Dan Fisher. I mean, he's, he's put them in such good situations. And you know what? I think Jeff Capel has entered the conversation because mm-hmm. the one thing – I, you know, I, I, the one thing I'll say Jeff has been able to do is he has brought pit basketball out of what was a crater. Like mm-hmm. people don't understand, like, you know, people who were calling for Jeff's head and like, y'all didn't understand how, how bad things were with the Kevin Stalin situation. Even if you thought you did, there were so many things that we have learned about things, the way things work, the way things practice, the way facilities were that Jeff Capel has had to literally reshape while also trying to recruit and beat out other teams with a program that people wanted nothing to do with for years. And now they've gotten to this point. So Jeff Capel deserves credit for that. But if we're talking about best right now, Dan Fisher, 
undisputed best coach in all of Pittsburgh with what he's done with Pitt volleyball. Um, he makes them a consistent contender, and I really think that he is uh, he's done a fantastic job. And you know, he gets these he, these women to play for each other. You know, I, I tell this story a lot, but Valeria Vasquez Gomez came in and she was Olivia Babcock for a year. Like she wasn't as yeah. good as Olivia Babcock was a freshman, but she was the superstar freshman. And everyone was like, oh, she's going to be a problem. And then her second year, she wasn't the best player, one of the best players on the on, on the floor. And so she wasn't a starter. And Dan Fisher, t- I talked to Dan Fisher and he was like, she could have left with the transfer portal and NIL money. There were teams out there that could have paid her really well and she could have gone somewhere and become the starter, but she refused. She wanted to get better. She wanted to prove to her teammates that she that she was part of the, the plan here, and she did, and now she's one of our stars again. And that was last year. This year, she was even more of one of the stars. So um, I, I think Dan Fisher, for what he does to get the, those women ready, but also for how I think he has the, the those women motivated to win games, to fight through adversity, and again, two reverse sweeps going down 2-0 to Louisville, one of the best volleyball programs in the country, and winning both those games. That shows focus. That shows character. That shows uh, commitment from that team. And when those things you see those things, you point right to the coach and say, hey, they deserve credit. Fisher is the best coach in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, yep. But if we're talking about the year of 2023, I'm going to go with Randy Waldrum, the girls' soccer head coach. Hmm. Uh, and here's why. A lot of the arguments that you just made for Jeff Capel are more than applicable to Randy. You talk about how Jeff inherited a horrible program from Stallings. Randy inherited nothing. There, yeah. Pitt at least had some success in the past. There was something to point toward. You know, hey, look, this team has been to Elite Eight. It, it, it used to be a Big East power. It was one of the hardest places to play in America not long ago. Pitt soccer was nothing. It was never or pit women's soccer was nothing. This guy came in, took them to the sweet 16 in 2022. And how does he follow up? He follows it up with an elite eight appearance in 2023. You look at the other things his team achieved this year. It beat Duke for the first time in program history, a, a storied soccer program. It beat North Carolina in the ACC tournament. One of the best women's soccer programs that's out there. Um, and you look at the teams that it lost to in the postseason. Carter, it lost to one team. In both the ACC tournament and the national tournament, it was Florida State who won the national championship with an unbeaten record. It had mm-hmm. one tie, and the rest of them were wins. So the only team that could beat Pitt women's soccer in the postseason this year was a team that never lost. So that's all impressive right there. And let's add in, if we're talking about coaching resumes, this guy wasn't just coaching Pitt this year. He was the head coach of the Nigerian women's national team who he led to the round of 16 in the World Cup this summer. And that team lost to England in penalty kicks. England went on to the World Cup final. So, heck of a coaching year for 2023. Dan Fisher, I think, is the better coach. There's more success there. But if you want to talk about success as far as what you had to work with in one year, I don't know if there's another coach on campus who took a team to the World Cup in the round of 16 and lost the national or the world's runner up. And then in his university sport, took a team to the elite eight and lost to the national champions. Uh, that's why I give that, that nod to Randy. Although I will say Jeff is very deserving. Um, just when you take into account everything you said, you also got to take into account that that team was without three key players that it thought it would have at the beginning of the season with Dior Johnson, John Hughley 
and Will Jeffress, and it still made it to the tournament. And then it was without, without another starter in the tournament. That's why he won ACC Coach of the Year. But there are three incredibly deserving candidates for that. I'm going to go with Randy Waldrum, though, uh, for my award winner there. Best moment. There were some good ones. I'm going to start. I Go normally, uh, and I think I, we're thinking the same thing here. It's Aiden Fish. <laughs> that was you're absolutely was, right. I didn't think you yes. was going to pick that one. That was that was the moment where it's kind of like a storybook. You, yeah. you start that story. I mean, you start Aiden Fish's story. It's incredible, and we've had him on this YouTube channel, this podcast network. How he tried to be a team manager, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't even take him for that. And then he walked onto the team and. He was there through all of the good times or all of the bad times, I should say. Yep. Uh, was there through the pandemic, was there through all the injuries, and he was there to see the roster get built. And then you start in that 2022-2023 season. Remember the first game of the year? Who'd they play? Austin P, I believe. Uh, or not Austin P, um, someone. Tennessee Martin is who yeah. they played the first game T-Martin. of that season. And there were maybe 3,000 people in those stands, Carter. And I remember watching that game sitting next to you and thinking, you know, this is not a bad basketball team. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what they were going to, I didn't know what they were on the precipice of achieving, but it was not bad basketball that I was watching. And you just watch as it all unfolds. And who do they play on senior night? The one team that when they were last relevant, that they were most concerned with beating. It was Syracuse, the longtime mm-hmm. rival. It's Bayheim's final road game. He's talking all this smack. Every senior has a big moment that game. Be it Nike's dunk, Blake's three, where he's like sitting in front of the bench. JB had a whole bunch of big plays. Greg Elliott came out of a shooting slump that game. Nellie Cummings had a fantastic game. And then it's all capped off with Aiden Fish, the guy who's been there the longest. And on top of the the success on the court, you have a sold-out Peterson Event Center. And that, to me... You could point to the Miami game uh, because that was the first sellout of the season. You could point to other wins like North Carolina, like Northwestern maybe. But when that basket went through the net, that to me more than anything else yeah, is what signified the complete return of pit basketball. That's what it was all about. That was the biggest story from the moment that ball went through the net Till the moment that team lost to Xavier, um, like three weeks later in the national tournament, Pitt basketball was the biggest story in the city of Pittsburgh. And it hadn't been like that in five-ish years. So that's why I think it was the best moment. Look, Jeff Capel, we asked him about it. He said that's the best moment he's ever had coaching. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. you could see just the look on his face. Now, mind you, they're beating Syracuse. They're, They're doing what they're supposed to do. And, and like, you know, they're, they're running away with it. But when, when, you know, you see, you know, fish misses the first shot and Blake Henson gets it, he's like, we're getting it right back to him. And, and when he hits that, that, that shot, you see Jeff Capel. I just, I'll never forget the look at his face and he's just, yeah, yeah. And he's fist pumping. And I'm just like, I feel that man of all the things. And I've covered Jeff go, you know, going back to the, the 2020 year, like 
Dave Pitt's been through it, man. Like, and he's been through it. And he's talking about it's it's there's been days where it's been tough because of the situation that that Pitt basketball has been in. It has not been easy for that man to coach this program and for him to see not just fish have a great moment but to see how the entire team felt like they stormed the court they, I just, i'll never forget fetty federico tackling aiden fish like just the size difference and just the happiness from that entire team in that moment that to me that that it's tough to top that moment i'd argue just as big uh you know i i think for its symbolism was also Greg Elliott hugging Heather like in the yeah. tunnel, man. I just – that Pitt basketball team last year, there was something special in it, and it wasn't special in it that they were, you know, one of the best teams in the country because, they, you know, they weren't in the top 30 teams in the country that year. But for me, I think that th- those moments might have saved the program. And if you could see on the screen, Carter, I just flipped it over to biggest story because that was the biggest story Yeah, last year. It was Pitt yeah. basketball's return. There was no, I mean, because there were so many stories in it. And and to add on to the fish thing real quick, I mean, the game ball, Kevin Durant, Sports Center it being the lead st- story in Sports Center, all of that. But the biggest story of the year was Pitt basketball in 2023. Yep. It was. And you could point to the volleyball run. You could point to Nino's National Championship. You could even talk about other things like Dior, Johnson, or Phil Dracovic not working out here. Those are all huge things. Um but no one saw that coming. No, nope. no one. They were picked 14th in the ACC, and that's when they had John Hughley. That's when they had Dior Johnson. That's when they had Will Jeffress, and they still found a way. And it was dramatic from start to finish, man. The way they they started the year one and three, and you just thought, man, is Capel gonna get fired before the new year? Yeah, uh, and. Then they go to Northwestern, and that's when it all kind of got going for them. They had that lull at the end of the year after the fish game. They barely sneak in. The tournament wins. It was an incredible run, and I just think that 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 team, it was by no means the best pit basketball team ever. Um, No. But it's it's the most meaningful, I think, in a long, long time because – this team, this city hasn't had a basketball team to kind of rally around nope. in a while. I mean, there's been teams from the Whippeal to win a state championship and everything. But as far as college goes, Pitt basketball was this city's team for a long time. And that return to relevancy meant a lot to a lot of people. Would you agree or was there a bigger story in your opinion? Uh, no, I feel like we're both, we both be fibbing if we if we didn't make it because because yeah. again biggest story isn't just about best or anything it's about importance and you know no shame to volleyball or wrestling or anything else or soccer but football and basketball are the top two sports in this country and um though and when you have a college basketball team that used to be the pride of this town like you know when it used to be you could not buy you, you could not find a cheap pit basketball ticket back in the day and i think that's a very much part of what uh, what used to be and what people are just shocked that it hasn't been for quite some time. Um, and for that program's revival. And then because part of the big making, what makes it the biggest story was all, was all of the great stories that were part of it. You know, Jamarius Burton being a leader through all the, through all the things, Nellie Cummings coming back to, you know, Western Pennsylvania and say, Hey, we're, we're going to do this. 
Um, and then like, you know, when Greg Elliott was, you know, was off, you know, when, when it was always going to be benched and Nike Sabande said, nah, man, don't put me on, a, put him back out there. He's mm-hmm. going to do it. And Greg Elliott goes off and you just see the camaraderie of this team and how they believe in each other. And then, you know, Milan Brown, a, a, you know, a big coach for that team suffer, you know, we find, you know, us reporting and being the, the, the team that broke the story on him having cardiac arrest last year. Nobody knows that. Jamarius Burton visiting him in the hospital and that being like the moment that he's like, wait a minute, I need to get back on this. And then, and then like a few weeks after his cardiac arrest, he's back in the practice facility being like, Hey coach, what if we do this? And Jeff Capel's like, what are you doing here? And like, like all, all of those amazing moments led to this, the, 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 the moments on the court that everyone saw that might have revived this program. And if pit basketball if they, like if this year they build off of that, and they don't have to even be a Sweet 16 team, but if they go back to the tournament and win at least one game this this this, this next year, they I think everyone's going to look at this program a lot differently than it has. That you can't you, you won't be able to say that last year was a fluke. You'll be able to say, hey, Jeff Capel's building something, and there will be a direction for Pitt basketball. Um, and I think that that would be the biggest story of the year, hands down. Yeah, and to conclude it, I mean. Every good story needs a ton of characters, I think. And every person on that team played a part in that story. Like everyone has a part of the storyline, be it someone got injured, someone left the team, someone like Aiden Fish, who just made a couple of baskets the whole year. Or someone like the Diaz Graham twins, who were not even expected to play, but became this like viral sensation during March Madness. Just, Just all of it. It yeah. was a it was a very special run. So we're gonna wrap it up with one thing, Carter. I need a bold prediction from you in 2024. Uh, last year, I believe your bold prediction for 2023 was that Pitt basketball would make the NCAA tournament. So what are you saying and, this year? Pitt football and, and ooh, college football oh, playoff? People call me crazy. They yeah. say Chris Carter's just out of his mind. And I, I said they're making the turn. Yeah, yeah, I was I was trying yeah. to exclude you, but yes, no. you, sir, you Put called me it. crazy. Yeah, I did. <laughs> So what's your bold prediction for 2024? My bold prediction. I think. Pitt football is an ACC. It makes it back to the ACC championship game. They're not going to win it. I think that they take steps forward and they become relevant there. And they get they at least and they get back to the game. They don't win the game, but it's a rebounding year for Pat Narduzzi and his football program. I mean, that would be a pretty big rebound that's a buy you asked for bold i wasn't that's I very say, bold. Ah, you know that's, basketball makes it back to the term no man i'm going bold 50 size font all caps yeah, I, I, so, so was so is pit basketball making the tournament last year <sighs> baby I mean, here. yeah that's that's a bold one um hmm well i don't know if i can top that as far as boldness goes yeah i will say Man, my all of mine sound lame now. I'll just say Pitt, <laughs> I'll say Pitt's starting quarterback. The quarterback that starts the most games for Pitt next season isn't currently on the roster. Okay, that's bold. That's bold. that's a bold prediction. Um, because that would mean something has to happen. And I don't think I don't know when it will or whatever. Uh, but that would be my bold prediction is that next season the guy who starts the most games under center isn't currently on Pitt's roster. So Chris, any final words as we wrap up uh, 2023? 
Just a reminder, head down to Mike's Beer Bar this Thursday, 7 p.m. We will be there. Uh, we've been saying we were going to do it. We finally are going to have time now that, you know, the holidays aren't over, but we're at least through Christmas. So uh, Thursday, 7 p.m., Mike's Beer Bar. Uh, we talk about how great of a bar is. If you've never experienced it, get down. If you have experienced it, get down there because we're going to be there. We're going to show you why it's such a good time. We hope to see you there and get to talk about some pit, uh, pit sports and all Absolutely. things sports, really. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to everyone. Thank you to everyone who tuned in throughout all of 2023. Thank you to everyone who clicked on the, the stories we wrote that picked up the newspaper and read the print uh, edition. Everyone who followed along with Pitt and followed along with our work. We genuinely appreciate it. We hope to see you at Mike's on Thursday and we hope you keep tuning in in 2024 to the Post Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. Take care. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.